a lot better. Let me put this up here. <laughs> yes. The 31st was their 44th wedding anniversary. Y'all need a trophy. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Since the third grade, he's known her. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that the sweetest thing you've ever heard? 44 years. So sweet. Well, congratulations. We're so excited for you. We love y'all. We're so excited God sent you to Acceleration Church. And you're just such a special part of our, our group, our family. Amen. All right, well, open up your note sheet and let's get started. Um, we are focusing this entire year on God's manifested glory. That's the word that the Lord spoke to me, that this would be the year of his glory. Last year was about fruitfulness, and we became very fruitful last year. This year, we are focused on the glory of God manifesting in our lives. God has said that he's going to manifest his glory and his goodness in the earth. His, his glory is his goodness. Amen. As we see that in the word, as Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, I'm going to cause all my goodness to pass by. And, uh, and so the goodness of God is the glory of God. So we want to see the goodness of God manifest in our lives. And you know, there are things we can do to trigger God. To trigger the manifestation of his goodness in our lives. Amen. So if you want to have a, a, a family that glorifies God, we have to do things God's way. We have to be in, in order. God has an order and a structure for families. He has an order and a structure for success. He has an order and a structure for prosperity. He has it all spelled out in his word. If we get in line with his word and we do things his way, he says, you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. He, 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 you know, he promises that all these things will come upon us and overtake us as we just simply obey his word. Amen. So there's a way to see the glory of God manifest in our lives more. The more we give of ourselves to God, the more room we give for Him in our lives, the more He His glory shines. Amen. So people see the glory of God in us. You heard it said before that we're the only Bible some people are ever going to read. Amen. And that's when we're sold out to God, all in. So that's why I'm hoping we just have just a pile of people who come in and get baptized on next Sunday. Not next Sunday, but the next Sunday, the 16th. Y'all know what I meant. Okay, so we've been looking at how, in the, in the light of God manifesting His glory, manifesting His goodness, of, as, as how purpose, when we live in our purpose, how God is glorified when we fulfill the purpose for which He made us. How many of you know God had some really distinct things in mind when He made us? As mankind, and then individually, He put gifts, He put talents, He put a destiny in each and every one of us that we should be fulfilling. Amen. So as we fulfill purpose, God is glorified because he made us for specific purposes. So let's look at this. Number one, God is glorified when we live in his purpose for our lives. When we do things his way, when we do, when we, when we, um, you know, when, just like Jesus said, you know, not my will. I really wish I didn't have to do this, didn't have to do things this way. How many of you know that's the reason that he came? So he said, not my will, but your will be done. John the Baptist said a wonderful thing. He said, I must decrease so that he may increase. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have to go low so we can go high. Sometimes we have to decrease and say, you know what? I'm not going to do things my old fleshy way. I'm not going to do things my old, you know, just human thought way. But I'm going to do things the word way. I'm going to do things God's way and see what he can do in my situation. So purpose. He's, he's glorified when we live in his purpose for our lives. Purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. It means to intend. God intends things for you. It means plan and a design. You are a plan of God. You are a specific design of God. Nobody else has your fingerprints or your DNA. Nobody. Not even identical twins have the exact DNA. I don't think. No. They're not a, you can tell, say, well, this one's a little bit different from that. You can always tell, you know, which one is which. Because each one of us is so different. So Proverbs 19.21, it says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. How many of you want the Lord's purpose to prevail over your plans? Amen. So we have to let him do that. All right? Number two, we have to make the choice to live in his purpose for our lives. You know, we, we, we have the right to choose what we're going to live. Amen? 
We have the right. You know what, ladies? I have a seat right up here on the front row. Mom, if you could scoot over next to your beautiful Tamar granddaughter, then we got two. Because y'all are too good looking to sit in the back. <laughs> Amen. Hook them up with their. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Praise the Lord. I had a dream last night that there were so many people coming into church we didn't have a place to put them on. That's a cabbage patch moment right there. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so it's a choice. How many of you know it's a choice? You can choose to do things your way. And when we choose to do things our way, it doesn't really work out the way. It may be okay for a little while, but it's never going to be exactly like God wants. Amen. We have to submit our will to His will. So it's the choice. To live in his purpose for our lives. Ephesians 5, 17, it says, don't live what? Carelessly or unthinkingly. It says, make sure you understand what the master wants. You know, spend time in prayer and ask him, say, God, what do you want in this situation? My ears are open. He may not answer at that very moment that you ask, but as you go along your day, you'll begin to hear the voice of God. Amen. Say, how do you want me to handle this? What is your perfect will in this situation? Help me. He's a He's a shepherd. Is he a shepherd? Yeah. Then he's got to guide me in a way that I can hear him or else I'm not accountable for him. I'm a, he has to make himself crystal clear. Otherwise, he can't hold me accountable. Amen. So if he's my shepherd, he's my God, the Holy Spirit's called alongside to help, he's got to talk to me and I've got to hear him. Amen. All right, Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore... Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You know, Paul made that choice. He was Saul the terrorist. He was like al-Baghdadi. He, he was going around killing as many Christians as he could. He was smart. He was sneaky. He, 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 was, he was just really a, just a terror in his day. But he chose to turn from a life of uh, terrorism to a life that was completely sold out to God. It was a beautiful thing to watch how someone could just flip their life over in just a moment. Just one encounter with God, and he turned his life over to God. And then he declared his determined purpose. Let me share this with you here. Your, your friend, Nicole, right here is your friend, right here. She's waving her hands so you see right Praise the Lord. Philippians 3.10. Paul says, this is Paul, the same Paul who used to kill Christians for the, on account of Christ. He was so against Christ that he would kill people. So look what his determined purpose became. My determined purpose is what? That I may know him. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers. How many of you want to know what the power of the resurrection exerts over you? Not just about when we die. Not just about for the rapture. It's not just about that. It's about what does resurrection power have to do with my life today? It's, and Paul says that's my determined purpose. If I can just see what all this means in Christ. It became his determined purpose. Amen. And it should be ours too. And that's one thing about purpose is you've got to be determined to do it. Whew, I'm telling you, for, for my purpose in life, my God, that he spoke, what, 2003? How many years ago is that? 17? 17 years ago. 17 years I've been walking that thing out. And it's been a lot of disasters, a lot of heartache, a lot of hard stuff between then and here. But here I am. Amen. Amen. Here, here I am and here it's all coming to pass now. Better hide and watch. I've been saying that for years. Hide and watch because I'm not going to give up. If you just don't give up, if you, have, if you are determined about your purpose, it's going to happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. But if you'll hold on, the Bible says, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. Keep on standing and believing because there's enough power in what God said to bring it to pass. Woo, I feel that thing this morning. Amen. So you got to be determined. One of the ways that God leads us into a life of purpose is through people. Number two, let's look at people for our purpose. Number one, you matter so much to God that he puts people in your life that help you or uh, help push you towards purpose. He puts people that help you, that come alongside at just the right time. Isn't it amazing how God raises up people at just the right time to be the right person there, to be that word that comes to you when somebody, it's a person that sent you that text, a person that, you know, made that phone call, a person that was just there because you knew they'd always be there. 
Even when you went off. But there's a person that's stable that you knew you'd always be able to go to that person. My God, that's so good. To know that there's somebody. In my life, my grandparents were always like the two oak trees in their front yard. They, they just stood like oak trees throughout my life until they went home to Jesus. They were, they were always there. But there was a time when I was a teenager when, when they weren't there. I was all the way in another state. And uh, things were so horrible at home. My father was so abusive that I, I, it was better for me to run away than stay at home. You know, when someone makes a threat right in your face, you know, my father said, because I had turned him into CPS, they did an investigation and put me back in the home, and there I am with this abusive father, and I'm looking at him as a 14-year-old, and with all the courage I could muster, I looked at him and I said, well, at least now you can't hurt us because if, you, if we have a mark on us, they're going to see and you're going to be in trouble. And my father looked at me in my eyes and gritted his teeth and he said, don't you worry, I can hurt you without putting a mark on you. So, I wasn't going to stick around to see what happened. I mean, I'm not dumb. So, I slid down the roof at 14 years old till my toe could touch the top of the fence. And I stepped over onto the fence until I could see the ground. And then I jumped down on the ground. I had my mascara in my pocket. Because, hey, if I'm going to be homeless, I would be cute. <laughs> Amen. That was about all I had. Maybe one little bag of little bit of stuff. But my, my, my goal was to just get out of there. Get the world up out of there. Amen. And to live and not die and not be beat up on. So it was a terrible situation. And one of my little friends from school um, got his mom to bring him to come and see me when I was at uh, a runaway shelter. And uh, she said she cried all the way home because of my situation. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just in a bad situation. So God began to work on this woman's heart until she even went to her pastor and said, I want to bring this child in to live with me. And he advised her not to do it. She said, well, I am going to do it too. <laughs> You'd have to meet her to know um, that's just how she was. And uh, she brought me into her home. And if she hadn't brought me into her home at that time in my life, I don't know what would have happened to me. But because God had his hand on me, because there was a purpose for my life, you know, I wasn't living in a godly household. God put me in a place where somebody gave me a green living Bible. And I began to get in that Bible and to just get to know God. You know, I didn't know how to live right. I did the best I could without having a pastor or anything. But, you know, I would play this little game. I would say, you know, God, whatever you want me to know, I'm just going to open up the Bible. And whatever my eyes fall on, that's what you want to say. So here I go. And the very first thing I ever looked at, it was on this side of the page, I'll never forget, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. The very first time I said, oh my God, this is really God. <laughs> and then I'd do it again and sometimes it opened up to Leviticus. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was, I need to do over. <laughs> Open it up to something else. <laughs> Amen. But, but if it had not been for that woman, Taking me in and giving me a place to live where I was safe. Her husband was a police officer. They took good care of me. She was a hairdresser. They didn't have a lot of money, but they had an extra room. Amen. So I thank God for people. I'm sure if you look back over the landscape of your life, it might not be as dramatic as all of, of, as mine was, but you'll see where there were people, a teacher, somebody in the neighborhood, there, a friend, um, a grandparent, somebody who was there for you, who changed the course of your life. You know, I thank God for that. And he's still putting people in my life. Isaiah 43, 4 says, since you were precious in my sight. Woo! Did you hear that? This is God talking. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored. And I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. God gives you people for your life. Just since you're precious in his sight. Isn't that wonderful? So God sends people to your life to push you towards Purpose. So number two, we have to identify and connect with people for purpose. Amen. You've got to identify those that are already going the direction you want to go. And God sets people in the land, people who, who are already there, who have already made it, who have already gone ahead of you, who can show you where the landmines are. Amen. God has got people in the land who can stand and can um, you can connect with. Look at Amos 3.3. 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You can't walk with people that aren't going your way. Once you've identified the way you want to go, you need to eliminate people that are going the wrong way because they'll drag you back. You won't pull them with you. You're like, well, yes, I will, Pastor John. I'm telling you, I know the landmines and this is one of them. <laughs> you, you won't. They'll pull you back. Message translation, not until you get a little more grown. 
Got to get a little more grown. Message translation says, do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? Um, you know, we're believers and we're strengthened. We draw strength from one another. As we hang out with other believers, you got some God in you that I don't have in me. I need you and you need me. Amen. So as we hang around with other believers, we're strengthened. Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell, not even the gates of hell, will be able to prevail against blood-bought, born-again believers that are united together in Christ. Amen. So you strengthen my faith and I strengthen yours. That's why church membership is so important. That's why I hope we have a whole lot of people next week that, that are ready to get their membership certificates. Amen. Acts 9, 26 and 27. Back in Jerusalem, he, Paul, tried to join to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. Why? He was a terrorist. It'd be like Osama bin Laden trying to come join our church. No, you're a terrorist, dude. You're not joining. That's how they felt about him. No, get him out of here. We all know who he is. So it says they, they were all afraid of him, but they, they didn't trust him one bit. But look what happened. Then Barnabas took him under his wing. He introduced him to the apostles and stood up for him. Amen. Amen. Isn't it wonderful when God raises up somebody to believe in you when everybody else won't? Somebody who will take you under their wing. Right, Joshua? I got y'all under my wing. Amen. And, and I'm raising you up. So, so he introduced them to the apostles. You know, there are people that you need to connect with other people. You're just like one connection away from being connected to another person. People are connectors in my life. You know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Right? So we need people to connect us with others, people who will stand up for us, people who will take us under our wing. And then there are those that we take up under our wings. Right. Amen. You don't even have to get very far to you. turn around and say, hey, I know this much. Amen. And you can begin to help other people. Ruth and Naomi were that way. They pushed each other towards purpose. They were both in a desperate situation. But here we've got uh, Naomi who has a heritage in God. And we have Ruth who's got no heritage in God. She comes from Moab. But yet she sees that, that Naomi is going back to the land of God. She's going in the right direction. So she, she attaches herself to her with a covenant. She says, entreat me not to leave you or stop me from following after you. For whether you, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Where you die, I'll die. And where you're buried, that's where I'm going to be buried. Your, your God is now my God. She made a covenant with Naomi and went into the land of promise, into the land of Judah. And there, you know, God began to change their whole lives around because they had purpose. They had destiny. So God has always got to connect you with destiny people, with purpose people. I know I'm preaching good this morning. And then Moshua, uh, help me Jesus. I tried to say Moses and Joshua at the same time. Moshua. <laughs> Moses and Joshua. They pushed each other. They encouraged each other. They each had very different callings. Joshua was a fighter. You ever knew anybody who would just show up to a fight and start fighting and they don't know why they're fighting? We just fight. Why are we fighting? You know, they just fighting just because they're a fighter, right? And then, and then you got some who won't fight at all, but they pray about everything, right? So we got Moses and we got Joshua together. As long as Moses keeps his arms up and prays for Joshua, Joshua wins in the battle. So Moses wins because Joshua's winning the battle for Israel. And Joshua wins because Moses is praying for him. Amen? So they each had their own thing. But that, they had a covenant um, destiny relationship together. And then think about Moses and Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses was killing himself, trying to do everything all day, every day. Hearing all the problems of the people, the little stuff, the big stuff, all of it. From morning until night, all he did was listen to people's problems. Jethro came in. Sometimes you need somebody with an outside perspective, with an outside view, because we all have blind spots, right? And, and Jethro said, this doesn't make no sense. Why don't you assign 70 people and give them authority to judge the little stuff and the big cases they bring to you? Moses like, all right, that sounds good. He just got a raise. You get a raise when you get more time, more time to yourself. Amen. So, so that, that was a good relationship, a, a, a relationship where people were connected and pushed them towards purpose. Exodus 18, 17 says, So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you, do, uh, that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, for this thing is too much for you. You're not able to perform it by yourself. So you need somebody who will tell you the truth. And sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. I want to do what I want to do, and I need you to just be okay with it. But a true friend, a true purpose and destiny type friend will tell you the truth. Listen to this, Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. See, we want to get on the phone and call nine people on um, 
social media. We want to, you know, blast it out there. We want to, you know, we want to call people who feel sorry for us or get in agreement with it or come to our pity party. You know, that's not what we need. You need to call somebody who will say, look, you're acting like a baby. I started to say idiot, but we're not allowed to say that. So you're acting stupid. You know, you need to stop it. You need somebody who will tell you the truth, even if you feel like they're going to push back and get mad. Amen. Amen. So, number three, we have to recognize people who hinder God's purpose in our lives. And this is hard. But if, if somebody is hindering your walk with Christ and hindering your purpose, you have to identify them and then you have to do the right thing. It might just be that, that person needs to grow a little bit. You know, and they can't, you know, um, suck the life out of you. Time wasters and focus breakers. You got to purge them out. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. God's word dis, uh, uh, translation says associating with bad people will ruin decent people. NIV. Bad company corrupts good character. Uh, bad friends will destroy you. David had guidelines for people who could hang out with him. He actually had guidelines. It's in Psalm one hundred one. Look, he says, I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. You know what? If somebody will talk about somebody else to you, they've just identified a flaw in you. Well, if somebody comes to talk to you about somebody else, to talk about them, then they've just identified a flaw in you that you'll be one who listens to it. So if they came and talked to you about them, they'll talk to them about you. So don't sow that seed. Don't allow somebody to talk about somebody else in your presence. So David said, I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I won't tolerate it. What if we decided we wouldn't tolerate some of this stuff in our lives? If we took a bigger stand for what God really needs us to have in our life. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. All liars will not stay in my presence. See, the thing about a liar is once a person has lied to me, now i got to go behind you. Anything you say from now on, i got to go behind you and check and see if you're telling the truth now. You just, just, just be off on one thing, and then I'll begin to question everything you say after that. I don't have to, anybody got, y'all trying to tell you no. Anybody got time for that? I don't have time to be checking your story. Amen. Amen. We don't have, we, we, look, they will not stay in my presence. So David qualified people who were fit for his life. So you can just tell people, look, now don't be offended, but we're not going the same direction anymore. I'll catch you later. Amen. Or if they want to come with you, you know, come on. You know, but, you know, you got to let some stuff shake off. Changing friends can be difficult, but remember, you're trying to better your life. It's hard to cut people off. Especially when they make you feel sorry for them. You know, you just have to, you just have to make a list. Pros and cons. You know, think, is this, is this person pushing me to purpose or are they pulling me the wrong direction? Um, when I gave my life to Christ, I changed it. I changed people in my life in an instant. I began to go to church. Um, every time the doors were open, I was at the church. These people weren't coming to church. Um, some weren't happy about my decision. People that were my friends that I thought were my friends, they weren't happy about my decision. This is what they said. Oof, let's see how long this lasts. Because, see, the way that I am for Christ is the way that I was about partying. Oh, Yeah. If you weren't having a good time, I was going to be getting you to have a good time. Amen. I, you know, I, I was passionate about partying. I was passionate. This is passion. And God uses that passion now for the kingdom of God. So when people heard Sally got saved, it's like. Pfft. That's a good one. But I became more passionate about the things of God. I, would, I remember telling one of them one time, we were moving a piece of per furniture at my studio, and, and one of them bumped their elbow, taking something out the door or something, and he, you know, said one of the worst words, and I'm like, hey, watch your mouth. Come on. And he's like, what, you, you are telling me to watch my mouth? <laughs> I mean, I had changed my life. He hadn't been around me long enough to see that I had, I had cleaned up my mouth. 
I, I cleaned up my life. I didn't want to hear that kind of stuff in my presence. But I had only been saved like about this long, so everybody was like, really? <laughs> so it made some people mad. Some people couldn't get with it. But that's okay. I'm still standing. 26 years later, I'm still standing. Amen? You know, because they're all like, oh, well, let's see how long this lasts. I'm still standing. It's been 26 years. Amen? And I've proven, proven to them that, that this is a real thing. So, you know, sometimes people would, will hate you just because you're favored. Because you begin to walk in the favor of God. You know, Joseph's brothers just hated him because he was favored. So there's going to be haters in your life. There will be people who just hate on you for no reason. Genesis 37, 4. But your hater can be a better friend to you than you realize. Because Joseph's uh, haters pushed him more into destiny. Woo, Genesis 37, 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. Haters, we're going to have haters. And could not speak peaceably to them. So even though they did things to hurt him out of hate, he knew God meant it for good. God used it all to save a whole generation of people alive. Genesis 50, 20. Don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. Romans 8, 28. So don't take it personal when you go through stuff. Um, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who what? Wave your hands if you love God. Okay, so it works together for your good, all right? To those who are called according to His purpose. So if I'm in purpose, it's got to work together for my good. Even if it's a bad thing that seems like it's going on, it's going to push me more towards purpose. It has a perfecting power that comes along with it. Problems have a perfecting power. They, they, they begin to perfect us. Number three, let's look at our purpose and problems. So the first thing we think of when we have a problem, because sometimes people can be our problem. But the first thing we think of when we, when we encounter a problem is, what, what did I do wrong? Why, why am I wrong? What ha what ha it's not what you did wrong. It's probably more about what you're doing right. You know, remember the book of Job? Yeah. Have you considered my servant Job, who's righteous in all his ways? He, it was about what Job was doing right, not what he was doing wrong. God was proud of him. He's like, I know what I put in him. You can't hurt him. Amen. So, number one, problems are part of the human experience. If you're going to experience problems just because you're human. And, and those problems can push you closer to your purpose. Look at what Jesus said. I love that Jesus just, just spelled it out for us in the Amplified Version. He says, I've told you th these things so that in me you may have what? Perfect peace. In the world. In the world. In this life. You have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. See, when you want to you wanna get your peace disturbed because you, you um, are experiencing a problem, Jesus is telling you, don't be that. Don't be disturbed. But he tells you to be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. Another translation says, I have deprived it of power to harm you. So whatever you're going through, it doesn't have power to harm you. Amen. Amen. Number two, if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. For your purpose sake, he will bring you through it. Amen. So if God brought you to it, number two, he'll bring you through it. Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk Y'all better underline through. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Tell your person on your left. Tell your neighbor on your left. I'm going through. Tell the person on your right. Say, I will get through this. Amen. So what does the word through mean? You know, I just felt compelled to look up the word through. Through means moving in one side and out of the other. Means continuing in time towards completion. I like this. A ticket that is valid to the final destination. Ha! You're going to get through this. God's going to have his way as long as you cooperate with him. It does not have power to hurt you. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. For no temptation, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you. That's not common to man. That's no temptation or trial. Has come to you. I just put the, the, the reference on there. 
but the, I've got it up here on the screen for you. I know, did I, is it not on your, it's not on your page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ran out of space, so I just thought I, y'all could look at it up here, okay? So there's no temptation or trial has come to you that's beyond human resistance, and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to what? Human experience, and such as man can bear. Don't stop saying I can't take anymore. Yes, you can. Don't say I, this is too much. I can't do this anymore. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you're in it, you're going to win it. Say, I'm in it to win it. Amen. It says, it says, adapted and belonging to the human experience and such as man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. Stop saying you can't do it. You've got the good. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It says, but with the temptation, he will always also provide the way out. The means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Amen. There's perfection power in that thing that you're going through. He's going to get you through it. Number three, problems grow you. Because you don't know what you got till you get tested. See, and, and when the teacher is testing you, the teacher is quiet. The teacher is quiet while the test is going on. Why? We got to see what you know. What what you going to say when you get pressed? Who are you when when the pressure comes? That's how you know. You don't know who you are till you get tested. You just got a theory. You don't really know. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you don't even know who you are until you get dropped in the fire. So when I was going through one of the hardest times in my life, after. Uh, my ex-husband had walked off and left me after 17 years. Just boom, all of a sudden, I don't want you anymore. I don't want ministry anymore. I don't want our life together anymore. That's terrifying when somebody says something like that to you when you poured your whole life into them. It's terrifying. But, but God had me. God had me. And, and, and God showed me this scripture. I had never seen it like this before. God instructed me to go to the Amplified and read it. Habakkuk 3.19 it says, The Lord God is my strength. I had to be brave during that time. He said, my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk. Not to stand still in terror, but to walk and to make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. So if you're going through something, look, you're growing spiritually. Because God's not going to walk off and lead you. The Lord God is my strength and my personal bravery and my invincible army. He will cause me to keep walking. I'm not going to stand still in terror, but I'm going to keep walking this thing. Keep walking through this thing. He's going to bring me through it, and, and, and I'm going to be okay. Amen. It takes bravery, but I'm telling you, God will give you the, the bravery that you need, and you'll grow through it. The, the main thing is that you're going to walk. And you're going to make spiritual progress because you're going to you're going to know God as a healer when it's done. You're going to know God as a shepherd when it's done. You're going to know God as Jehovah Nisi, the God of your victory when it's done. You're going to know Him as Jehovah Jireh, your provider when it's done, because He will bring you through. Woo, hallelujah! So if you never had any resistance, you never have an opportunity to grow. It's just like when you go to the gym, if there's no resistance. You're not going to grow. So I think you got to have resistance and protein, right? You're going to build muscles. You've got to have protein. You've got to have the right nutrition. And you got to have the experiences. So I think as we continually take in the word, our spiritual nutrition, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because I keep taking the word of God in, and I keep handling the resistance that's coming my way, using the word of God, I'm going to grow spiritually. Amen. So number four, part of my purpose is to overcome problems. That's part of your very purpose. It's in your very nature. It's in your DNA. You were made to overcome. God is glorified when we overcome. 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world. Our faith. And it's hard to, to um, have your eyes open and see something in the natural that is contrary to what God has promised you. It's hard, but that's why it's called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So, um... So yes, you can overcome with your faith. Alright, 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9. through 9. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. We will overcome. Hallelujah. 
Number three, purpose in prospering. So God's plan is to prosper my life, number one. It's his very plan to prosper us. From the very beginning, part of our created design is to prosper in life. That's why anything less than prospering um, feels so foreign and uncomfortable to us. Amen. Lack. Poverty. Amen. That's foreign to us. Yes. Shame. Yes. That's all foreign to us. That's not who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be, you know, the, the righteous are bold as a lion. We shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be walking with our heads down, but we should be walking with our heads held high. Amen. And uh, we should be bold. Genesis 1.28, it says, Then God did what? Blessed them. And when I looked up that word blessed in the, in the Hebrew, it's barak. It means an act of adoration. Then God adored them. Wow. Then God adored them. He blessed them. It means abundantly. It means benefit. God put an abundant blessing on them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. That we have the right to rule and reign our domain in Jesus' name. We don't have to put up with whatever is going on. We have the right to stand and declare to it, uh, uh, you're bound or you're loosed. We have the power of our words to declare what we want in life and we begin to prosper. So it's the plan of God. It's the plan of God to prosper. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. <laughs> I got a hope and a future for you. A good future. A good hope. Not for evil, but for good. So number two, it pleases God when I prosper in life. God is not pleased when you're in lack. And he doesn't respond to, respond to whining though. God doesn't respond to whining. God's, God is pleased when you prosper in life. But if you're going to prosper, you've got to get up and do things God's way. If you want to prosper, you've got to do things God's way. You've got to learn how to handle your money, number one. You, need to know how to, you don't need to spend everything that you get. Amen. You should save some, sow some, and uh, spend some. Amen. So you can't spend if you don't save. you got to save first. Amen. you got to have the discipline to make sure that you handle your money right. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually. Let them do what? Say. say continually. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You ought to get up in the morning and say, God, be magnified today in the way that you prosper your servant today. Lord, lead me in the ways of righteousness. Lead me in the way of prosperity. Open up doors for me, Lord God, so that you'll be glorified in my life. Amen. He takes pleasure. He has pleasure in your prosperity. Amen. Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you may what? Prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And prospering does not just mean money. Prospering and being health. You can't you can't enjoy your money if you're not in health. And you can't enjoy your, your health or your money if you're in fear and uh, de depressed and, and uh, full of anxiety and all this business. See, God wants us to come into perfect alignment. Perfect alignment in every area. The peace of God floods my heart. It floods my mind, my soul. I know the word of God. I'm temperate in all things. Amen. I've, I've learned to possess my own vessel. Um, I'm prospering with my finances and things that, uh, you know, whatever comes in, I'm giving God my 10%. I'm giving God a, a portion back as an offering. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving, like the Lord says, He says that um, if we honor Him with our wealth and with the first fruits of all our increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. So as I'm choosing to do things His way, He's glorified in my life. Amen. He's glorified because it opens up his hands. It unlocks his hands to bless us. Amen. Amen. He wants us to prosper in every area of life. Be in health just as your soul prospers. Look at King James Version. He said, I wish above all things. That's powerful. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions. You ain't never going to prosper until you get control of your emotions. If you are an emotional mess, calling the police. Y'all don't do that. That's so trashy. Calling the police to come to your house all the time. Stop that. Amen. Amen. You know, um, 
says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. So let me just move on. Amplified version says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. So spiritual prospering, mental prospering, emotional prospering, ruling over your emotions. Don't let your emotions, like you're crying every five seconds. You know, and sometimes we can have some legitimate chemical imbalances. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to the doctor and getting medication that can help you. If you have the faith to believe for it, then believe for it. But if you don't, you know, and you're still, and, you're, and people around you are telling you you're moody, you're probably moody. And I know some of us, all of us go in and out of happy and sad, happy and sad. But if you're like really moody, you might either go get on some medication. No shame to get. Amen. We like you a lot better. <laughs> Amen. Until you can get control of your own self. Amen. The Bible says learn how to possess your own vessel. If you haven't learned yet, get the medication. Amen. I had to take medication for a little while because I was so stressed out. And it helped. It really helped. It really helped me. I really needed it. I was having chest pain. I, I really needed it. And it helped me until I could get past that struggle, that time I was having in my life that was so so hard. Amen. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But look, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amplified. I have come that they may have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You ought to underline enjoy life and schedule some things in this year, 2020, that will uh, cause you to enjoy your life. Amen. Um, till it overflows. Job 36, 11. It says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So that's another way for God to prosper my life is I obey and serve him. You know, there's... Um, ways that you can serve him in, in the church. Um, there's plenty of places that we could plug you in where you don't just come in just in time for church and leave as soon as church is over. But you know, there are some of us that get here early in the morning. I get up the earliest of anybody. I get up at 3. I get up at 3 to prepare the sermon every, uh, on Saturday nights. And I work all the way straight until I just, I don't, I don't stop until I go to bed tonight. Sometimes I just keep going, and, and that's the way I prefer to do it. That's where I hear from God, and I enjoy it. But, you know, some people get here at, like, what What time do y'all get here? 7.30? 7.30 to prepare things. What time does the kitchen staff get here? 8.15. 8 to begin to prepare breakfast for everybody. What time do the uh, uh, greeters get here? 9.15. What about ushers? 9.30. So there's some of us that get here early so that we can serve you. And listen, listen to what the Bible says. That as every part begins to do its share, the body of Christ, as everyone begins to do their share, it causes growth of the body for the edifying or the building up of itself in love. So as you come and begin to serve God here, serve other people. As you're serving others, you're serving as unto the Lord. It causes growth of the body. Amen. We all begin to grow as we nurture. We're nurturing ourselves as we nurture others because we're all part of one body, right? Yes. Hallelujah. All right. So number three, God is glorified when my life prospers. Yes. So we prosper. We look the way God wants us to look. Deuteronomy 8.18. Remember the Lord your God, for, it, for he is the one who gives you power to be yes. successful. He wants you to be successful. God is glorified in your success. Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So as you walk uprightly, you can say, There's no good thing he's going to withhold from me. Hallelujah. I am prospering in every way. Philippians 4, 19. And you know what? God can afford your dream. I just felt that and heard that in my spirit. Somebody, you feel like your dream is too big? God can afford your dream. If you can believe it, you can live it. Amen. It's all, let it be done according to your faith. Alright, then Philippians 4.19, listen to this. And my God. Yeah. But see, you can't, people like to go around quoting this, but you can't quote this until you qualify for it. Yeah. Don't quote it until you qualify. Don't quote it until you qualify. How do you qualify? The Philippian church had given once and again to help Paul as he was ministering there. So they had given to support the kingdom of God, to support the word of God. They had given once and again. He said, I'm not saying this because I have need. He said, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So because they gave, because you gave once and again for my necessities, look what he says. And now my God shall supply all your need 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you ready to prosper this year? You know, one of the words that we heard from God this year was that there'd be plenty, plenty in 2020. Amen. So we want plenty. We want to prosper. We have to really begin to line up with the word of God that tells us how to prosper in our lives. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together and running over shall men give into your bosom. How else? Through our tithes and through our offerings. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. This whole nation. In what way have we robbed you, God? He said, in tithes and in offerings. Why? He said, he says, try me now in this. This is the only scripture where God gives us a dare. My first pastor, Brother Don, used to say, I double dog dare you. <laughs> Anybody ever say double dog dare you? What does that mean anyway? <laughs> I double dog. He says, try me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessings that you will not have room enough to receive it. Amen. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. See, it triggers the supernatural hand of God, the move of God, whenever we get in line with the tithes and offerings. Amen. So praise God. So we're, we're looking to have plenty, plenty. We're looking to prosper. We're going to be givers this year. Amen. It's my dream and my desire to have every member of Acceleration Church to be a tither in manifestation. That means if, if you make $200 babysitting, then you owe God $20 belongs to God. See, that's not even your $20. You think it's yours, but it's not yours. The tenth belongs to God. The first tenth belongs to God. We don't pay our bills and then give God something left over. No, we give God that we honor Him. God, I honor you with the tenth and with an offering over and above. And that's where He opens up the windows of heaven for us and pours it out. I've seen Him do it in my own life. I've seen Him do it since the time I, I first got saved. I just loved God so much, I, I, gave, I, I gave everything. I, I would put a $100 bill on the pop, pulpit for Brother Don so that just when he would walk up to the pulpit, he'd say, Whoa, God. <laughs> he'd be so excited just because he loved $100 bills. It blessed him. He'd use it to buy gas for the tractor so he could mow all week. While he was out on that mower, God talked to him. So I'm like, go mow, Pastor. And the word that was coming across that pulpit was changing my life every single week. I was growing more into the image of Christ every week. So I'm like, go mow, Pastor. Go mow, I'll mow $100 worth. If you need more, I'll get you some more. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's where God began to bless my business. My business blew up so big I didn't have room for all the people that were coming to uh, get in my studio to get pictures taken. It was amazing. It was supernatural. I want you to tap into the supernatural this year. Amen. Just plug into it. I just see us plugging in like to a light socket. There's plenty enough power on the other end of that socket. Yeah. Amen. See, we think God's not powerful enough to bless our finances. Yes, He is. Jesus talked more about money than He did anything else. Amen. Father, we thank You for Your Word to us this year where You say plenty, plenty in 2020. So, Father, we come into agreement with Your Word, and we seek to come into agreement with what um, the way that Your Word says that we'll get there. We do things your way, God. That's where you said you'd make us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That you would that you would rebuke the devourer for our sakes. So, God, we thank you that we call this morning. We call the devourer rebuked. Right now, we declare the windows of heaven are open, and you're pouring out such blessing. We do not have room enough to receive it because we are tithers, because we are givers of manifestation. Father, help our unbelief anywhere where we have not begun to give yet to the kingdom of God. Father, we we believe your word. And, and give us the faith to step out with boldness and uh, begin to sow and, and believe you at another level. Thank you, Father. Take our faith to another level. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, it's our desire to fulfill purpose in every way that you've called us to fulfill it. So, Lord, we yield ourselves to you completely. We give ourselves into your hand. We ask you, Father, to mold us and make us and to, to, to lead us to those days that you fashioned for us when as yet there were none. Lord. Help us to walk in your ways and in your word. And to Lord, we say, be glorified. Take us from glory to glory. And be glorified in everything that we do, everything that we say. Lord, we bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God this morning. I'm not right, but I want to be right. Would you pray for me? Yes, I will. I'm about to pray. Um, for anyone who wants to receive Christ, you want to rededicate your life to Christ. You might say, well, Pastor Sally, I've walked away from God. 
and, and I really need to come back full force. I need to come back all in. Not just a piece of me, but I want to give God all of me. Let Him have His way with my life, with my family, with my career, with everything that pertains to me. I want to give God all. I'm about to pray for you. If that's you, you really want to come back to God. You really want to um, come to God in a way that you never have before. I'm about to pray with you. So if you would, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes, I'm sure I didn't know. But I'm sorry that I disobeyed you. And I've sinned against you. I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe that you rose him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, listen, your whole life just changed. The Bible says that, that angels begin to throw a party in heaven when just one person comes to Christ. So you got to let somebody know that you came to Christ. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven. So what I'd like you to do is to take your, your card, uh, your connection card, and if you would, fill out your name on the front and your phone number, all your information so that we can follow up with you and give you more information about what you should do moving forward from here. On the back, there's a place where you can put a check mark that says, yes, I choose Christ Jesus as my Lord. Amen. Put a big check mark right there. And that way you get to let somebody know that you've made a decision for Christ today. Can we turn the lights up in the sanctuary, please? Yes. Got dark. I heard like, what's something wrong with my contacts? <laughs> All right. So fill that out, and then we'll we'll follow up with you on what your next steps are uh, with Christ. And, and if you would, take it to the VIP Welcome Center whenever we dismiss after our offering in just a few moments. You're going to take it to the VIP Welcome Center, turn it in, and uh, we're going to, you're going to meet the, the wonderful, the handsome, uh, really good-looking, friendly, sweet Mr. Ernest. Would you stand up, Mr. Ernest, so they'll see who you are? Go ahead and go back to the table so they can know that they're going to meet you when they go back to the table in the back. Amen. All right, Mr. Ernest will be back there. If you'll turn in your card back there with him, he's going to give you a special gift that we have for you this morning, as well as some more information about what you should do next on your on your uh, road with Christ, on your traveling with Christ. All right. Okay, well, it's offering time. All right, let's get ready to give. Um, this is our time in our service where we give our tithes and our offerings. And uh, the easiest way to do so is by the Acceleration Church app. That's the easiest way. Once you put your information in, then you can always um, just click on the app to give. And it will save all your information for you. Just hit the Give button. And then it pulls up your information. Probably what you gave last time. And then you just click give. Yay, you get a check mark after you've given. It's very simple to do. That way it's so awesome when you use the app, you don't have to wait to come to church to tithe. You can do it right from your phone. Amen.